0: the injuries are piling up and the fab is disappearing on tonight's episode of the in-between fantasy football podcast we let you know what budget-friendly options to consider even after the week six waiver wires run so let's lock in unwind and dive into the program because i've been in out of touch, coming off the bench Trying to shake the funk, check his style lines, See who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch and
1: I'm trying to avoid getting carried away With the jet suite sleeping on a trick play Predicting all of my moves
2: like they see seen every play. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way
0: One thing to say, yeah, but they don't know. It's something they had not seen. I'm off that
1: mean Joe Green. He got me fading between yeah, I got And yeah, I got
2: The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Yes.
0: All right, all right, all right. It is October 10th, 2023. The In Between Fantasy Football podcast is back with you as we jump headfirst into week six of the NFL season. We're already a fourth of the way through it, and uh, we're going to make the most of what remains. I am Seth Wilcock, and tonight I am joined by my co host, who some refer to him as the most handsome fantasy football analyst in the greater Seattle area. I just call my pal. Give it up for the award nominated Scott Ryanier. Scott, how you feeling after uh, a bye week for the city of Seattle?
2: It was, I mean, it was nice. It, it's kind of nice to have a bye week. I kind of wish for the Seahawks' sake it was a little later <laughs> in the season. We, yeah, it was sure. a little early. Um, but hey, on bye, no one could go on IR.
0: So that was good. <laughs> yeah, so, and we definitely had a lot of those that we'll talk about tonight. And, folks, we are delighted to be joined by an illustrator and graphic designer of Matthew Berry's fantasy life. She's a fantasy football analyst and perhaps maybe the biggest Steelers fan on the internet right now she is (laughs) samantha holt sam how are you thanks so much for joining us tonight
1: thanks so much for having me i feel like that's a that's quite an intro and i don't know that i can live up to it i mean i i love my boys but i I, you know i gotta say blue black and yellow all day my my, all of my fandom all of my family know there's a reason why i have nothing but like steelers stuff all over my entire house it's pretty ridiculous
0: (laughs) well we appreciate that and and sam how does one become a steelers fan out in the state of california
1: I know it's a bit random. I have zero ties to Pennsylvania. No family lives there. None of us live there. Um, Actually, my dad's from England. And when he moved to the States, he had to pick an NFL team because he, you know, joined up and wanted to learn about American football. So he was watching a game and picked the Steelers to win because they were wearing the same colors as his home soccer club, uh, Oxford United. And they won the game. So he said, hey, I'm a Steelers fan. And that was early 80s, pre me being born. So I got to join that train and remain a Steelers fan ever since.
0: Well, good for him. I'm glad you got to have a piece of that ride, except for now when we are in the Matt Canada era. We'll talk a little bit. It's- more about yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about the Steelers and, and what's going on out there in Pittsburgh later in the show. And we have quite the show lined up for everyone tonight. We have some headline hijinks, some lighthearted discussion about some of the week five fallout. We're gonna get to some in the scope. That's our value saving, saving your fab, uh waiver wire segment. And listen, I have some friends right now, guys, that are already like, I can't add it anymore. My team's fucked, and I'm like, guys. You spent $76 in week one on Joshua Kelly. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, Scott, if they've been listening to this show, they got Puka Nakua before week one. They got Logan Thomas before last week. Like, that's kind of what we're trying to do here.
2: Yeah, no, and it's good because I, I have some leagues where I am fresh out of fab. So, um, <laughs> but more, more out of desperation because of all the injuries than I, I would say overpaying for someone like Joshua
0: Kelly all right yeah
2: team, actually,
0: Kelly. yeah hopefully I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh we'll round it out tonight guys with some from the forum powered by the fantasy football advice network and uh tonight on the show we're also joined by the producer of the show kyle scott and a permani sandwich hater love kyle scott but your your permani sandwich take is, is god awful my friend
2: yeah as a pittsburgh resident i'm a big uh, pittsburgh hater i hate Bannies, <laughs> i hate the Steelers i hate
0: hockey i'm a i'm not meant for this town but here i am anyway uh, yeah you're, you're the transplant there we appreciate you either way kyle we're also joined by the ibt family and thank you everyone for the support we got hoove in the chat what's up Hoove? thanks for joining us we got albert good evening ibt good evening albert thanks for joining us uh hooves pumped up to see sam on the show tonight and we got bruce Matson in the chat what's up bruce good to see you tonight man Uh, Rachel, hello, Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, Who have a little little, little respect for the bricks out there. We appreciate that. We got Tyler in the chat. Appreciate you all. Appreciate you, Tyler. Thanks so much for making us part of your Tuesday, our friend. And, guys, let's go ahead and jump into it here with the first segment of the night, a little headline hijinks. All right, it's headline hijink. So we're going to fill in the blank from these movie quotes. And all these quotes come from the final uh, the, the, the final line of a movie. So we're going to start with a movie that if you haven't seen it yet and you want to be sad for about an hour and a half, go ahead and fire this one up. This is from Toy Story 3. So long, partner, is this quote. And we're going to fill in so long here. Sam, have you seen Toy Story 3? Your thoughts on, on the movie?
1: Yes, I, I have a pulse. I've seen Toy Story 3. Absolutely. Ma- major fan. Um, yeah, you know, Pixar is really good at doing the one thing we don't want to do, which is cry while watching a cartoon. But we're yeah. really, they they nail it. Something in the producers, I don't know what it is, who has that hurt from childhood. They're like, you know who needs to cry? All adults to children. And then the, the kids always cry a bit later and like, why is mom and dad crying already at this movie? But they get us. They just do. It's crazy. Continue.
0: They do. Scott, have you uh, introduced your kids to the the Pixar and exclusively Toy Story yet? Oh, yeah. We've watched
2: all of them many, many, many times, which I mean, I feel lucky to be a parent during Pixar because I look forward to the new movies. Although I will say to Sam's point, we had a movie night at the school a couple of years ago and they showed Coco. Um, (sighs) And so, you know, you're in a dark cafeteria watching a movie with all these kids and then the movie ends and they turn on the bright lights. And all the adults are crying (laughs) or trying to hide the fact that they're crying like I was, Um, but no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I haven't, I don't think there's a
0: Pixar movie. I've not enjoyed. All right. Well guys, let's say so long to at least a player on our fantasy team right now as well. And this was a gruesome week. I felt like week four and five, we kind of got, you know, free of some major injuries to fantasy football players. Um, But, but Sam, who is someone that you are saying so long to right now?
1: I mean, I I know that it's going to sound weird because he's not supposed to be out the rest of the season, but I'm saying so long to Justin Jefferson because the way that the Vikings are sitting right now, why would they rush a franchise player like Justin Jefferson back? I mean, there's been quotes already from the coaching staff that you know we're having to protect Justin from himself right now and trying to make sure that he makes the right move so he can get 100% healthy. But let's say he comes back And they have yet to win another game, and they remain in this losing column, which, based on the matchups they have coming up, could absolutely happen. Why would they rush him back? Similar to the Cooper Cup situation last year with L.A., they're not going to rush back someone where they're not in a position to win in the first place. So if if he comes back and the Vikings are still in a losing situation, I can imagine that hamstring, you know, hindering him a bit maybe he has half participation maybe he sits out a half of the game maybe he comes something else comes up and he is no longer available rest of season so for myself as a you know a Justin Jefferson owner and lover uh, he's amazing I'm very sad saddened today it is a dark day
0: when I think something we need to keep in mind as well is the contract situation. He doesn't have a new long term deal with this franchise yet. So that could, you know, kind of could be a Lamar Jackson thing that mm-hmm. lingers here down the stretch. Scott, your thoughts on Jay Jett here as we say goodbye to him for a little while, at least four weeks. He's going on the IR with a, a pretty serious hamstring injury. Thoughts on Justin Jefferson and who you are saying goodbye to as well? At least yeah, for I now.
2: Mean, I mean, Justin Jefferson, like, you know, he was mine and many, many others 101 you know, outside of superflex leagues. So, I mean, anytime that player, and he was living up to it um, anytime a player like that goes down for any stretch of time, it's, it's sad. Um, and it's just kind I've of a, never sad state. Missed a
0: game in his career as well.
2: Yeah. It's a sad state of affairs in Minnesota. Um, you know, I mean good points all around about his contract and not rushing him back. And the, you know, the conspiracy rumors that Kirk cousins could get traded and that Je- Jefferson has you know, been it's quoted crazy. to say, I'm going with Kirk, you know, all this stuff just is, is very concerning. Um, you know, I mean, it, again, I don't think this segment is about like, I'm cutting these players and putting them on the waiver wire. It's just somebody I'm saying bye to for a little while. So, which brings me to mine, which we, I feel like we just said hi. To this <laughs> guy. And that's Devon a- 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 um, H. Oh, you know, it's just, I have a team. Oh. It's our good friend, Nate Paul votes home home league that he invited me to a few years ago. And I've just had bum luck. My my two my three top starters on that team are Anthony Richardson, Devon Achan, and James Conner. So pretty tough week for me. But Achan, you know, it's like it's one of those things where, you know, it shouldn't hurt managers as much as somebody like Jefferson because you didn't spend a lot of capital Certainly. on him. Certainly. But,
0: but I, you grew to love him. You grew to love with, that with of With the other time. injuries
2: that have mounted, like I desperately needed him, you know, and now he's, now he's on the shelf. Um, and aside from my teams, I mean – it was one of the funnest backs to watch, you know, mm-hmm. since he got healthy and put up that monster game. Um, so again, not dropping him, obviously, put him in an IR in an IR slot, but planning to go without him and planning to try and get Jeff Wilson
0: off waivers is, I guess, the move. Yeah, I've, I've seen him stash in a couple IRs this whole season as well. So those people kind of made out at the right time here. Uh, Raheem Moster a little bit of a boost here, I think, moving forward as well, Scott. Uh, let's round it out with our sweet prince here over at IBT. It's Anthony Richardson. We're, I'm saying goodbye to you, partner. Um, he has now left three of five games with an injury. It's looking like a grade three AC uh, joint sprain, which this is pretty much what Derek Carr has right now, but way worse. It's basically the more severe version of it. Four to eight weeks is what we're looking like if he does not opt for surgery. And I just feel so mixed on this all, guys. Like, I don't know how you feel about it, but, like, the upside is clearly there. This guy could be a league winner if he gets back healthy. um, But we now see what the downside is. And for a guy of his stature, Sam, I I thought this wouldn't happen maybe. that, Like, we know he's a running quarterback. We know there's always a a threat of injury but he's not like Lamar Jackson's size. He's a, he's a bigger guy. So I just thought maybe we'd have a bigger leeway. Um, But it, you know, it reminds you of RG three. It reminds you of Cam Newton and and those situations.
1: Absolutely. But you also look at players like Josh Allen, who is a big mobile quarterback. And what has Josh Allen had to learn every single year that the coaching staff can't seem to get into his head, that he needs to protect himself on the run. And I think that this is really a detriment to the coaching staff and not preparing Richardson better for the NFL because what happens is these college quarterbacks come in and they're used to running in that situation and it is just so different to run there versus in the NFL the the size of guys that are hitting you the power that's behind these moves just the amount of endurance they have to put up with is so different in my opinion so to me it's just really that the coaching staff has let him down in my opinion by not trying to coach him up better preseason of saying, hey, we want you to do the thing that you're amazing at, but in order to do that the best possible way, here's how you fall. Here's how you need to run. This is how you need to slide. And he hasn't done any of the things that he needs to do to protect himself. Every single game he's been out, he's done a move that you're like, do you, do you care about your body? Do you care about finishing the season? And I really think that ha- comes down to coaching staff. It's not his fault. He mm-hmm. is young. He's a rookie, and he's trying to do what he's great at. But the coaching staff is really behind him not being better about fixing those issues. So I agree that, I mean, could he come back I'm a little bit? Sure. But he's going to keep making these same mistakes until he fixes the mechanics of not sacrificing the body in order to make the big run.
0: Scott, looking at Gardner Minshew, who now steps in as the starter. Last five starts for him, all in the Shane Steichen offense, some of them with Philadelphia, averaging 20.4 fantasy points per game. That would be good for QB8 on the season right now if we're going off averages. He has the Jags, Browns, Saints, Panthers, Patriots. So some good matchups in the Jags and the Panthers and the Patriots, but we do have you know a, a, a duo of tough ones, the Browns and Saints. Are you interested in picking up Gardner in a one-quarterback league or I know you have him in a lot of superflex leagues as well.
2: Um, I mean, it it really depends on who else is there. I mean, basically, I mean, I put all my eggs in one basket with Richardson this year. I, I have him on too. like fifty percent of my teams. <sighs> I have a um, lot of Richardson. Yeah, yeah I have yeah. him on that so fishbowl team. I have him. So it, in superflex, two quarterback systems. I mostly have Minshew. I mean, I after I mean, this isn't the first time he's gotten hurt. This isn't the first time he's gotten hurt in game. So I made sure to get Minshew in those cases. Can um, I
0: can I can I tell a quick horror story I have going on? Sure. Scott, no. Okay. Did you
2: draft so, Minshew?
1: Do it. Do Scott it. Scott
0: Fishbowl it's like week two. He gets hurt or whatever the con- concussed. I go out to to the, the the waiver wire streets. I actually add him for free somehow. Didn't play any fab Dang. for him in Scott Fishbowl. I pick him up. I put him on the bench. I had Daniel Jones and uh Mac Jones. So I was feeling good. Mac Jones was being a ripper to start the season. I was feeling First fucking, two games
2: he was throwing Yeah, I was
0: feeling fucking good. I'm like, I'm not going to ever play Gardner Minshew no matter what. I dropped him for Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin and and Ooh. now I have Calvin Austin, Daniel Jones who has a neck injury, no Anthony Richardson and Mac fucking Jones. So, the kids hurt right now. Don't don't drop your super flex handcuffs. It, but yeah, Calvin but if, in,
2: in one QB, like if I had Richardson and I didn't have a backup plan, I'm just now I'm a streamer. I'm mm-hmm. now a QB streamer moving forward, you know. And in, in a bunch yep. of my leagues just based on roster ship, Stafford's, you know, we could talk about that later. Oh, but Stafford's can, a good pick. I, like, can, can I tell you just, another? It's just so deflating because because of the ceiling with Richardson. And I think I think he'll end up having a good career. It's just exactly like Sam said. I mean, Josh Allen had to had to go through this. It's just, yeah, we saw okay. a barrage of injuries in a really short amount of time, which we did. psychologically, you know, it feels affected. like it,
1: it feels like it's personal at this rate with the amount of injuries that are happening. And just to the <laughs> Testament of like the QB juggle, I actually won my weekend this weekend without starting a single quarterback. That tells you how crazy fantasy is right now that the lineup that I put forth sans QB won by 20 points, just because Devon A. Chain, you know, got me the points that I needed to, despite having to leave me. And then I started Sam Laporta in my offensive player's position. And it's just, you know, you've got, I've got these other guys that are going off in different places, managed to get the win. I don't know what I'm gonna do next week, but we'll see. Like, just gotta keep doing the shuffle.
2: I had the flip side of that. I was playing my my brother in the longest, longest standing home league, you know, typical story. But I lost by like two and Richardson was my quarterback. So he he went out in game, only got like five points, and lost uh, by
0: like two.
1: Yeah, it's
2: crazy. brutal.
0: R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, we will miss Anthony Richardson. Um, I, I'm living that streaming life now, though, in the one quarterback leagues as well. Scott, fire him on your IR, and let's see what happens. Uh, let's go to Casablanca for, for our next uh, next film here. And have you guys seen Casablanca? Any takers on Casablanca?
1: Yes, yes. It's been a while,
0: but yeah, I've seen it.
1: been a hot minute, but I've seen it.
0: Okay, okay. All right, quote is, Blank, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Um, this was, Lois was the original name here. Uh, we're filling it in with a player that we can begin to trust and feel confident about in our starting lineups. Uh, Scott, want to throw it to you, man. Who are you feeling confident about moving forward? Okay, so like I was saying, pre-show. I feel like this is a good opportunity to,
2: Check myself and check yourself. Well, I mean, and just like test out my own potential take lock on players. My my players, Gabe Gabe Davis. Um, Gabe Davis is somebody I've been down on forever. Um, I've stuck to the you know he has boomer bust, doesn't earn a lot of targets. You know he's one of those guys that I you know the cardiac kings, the wind sprinters, (laughs) on the field a lot, high snap share, lots of routes, very low targets per route run. Up until this season, that's basically what he had been. And even this season, I was tweeting out after the first few weeks, "Hey, Gabe, Gabe Davis scored a touchdown. Make sure to sell high." You know, all snarky, like like I'm right about everything. But (laughs) he's, but I mean, he's scored four. He scored a touchdown in four straight games. You know, he's had seven targets in week two, eight targets in week in in week five. Um, He's put up a 90 yard game, a 60 yard game, a 100 yard game. I mean, I'm not saying okay, now I think he's a wide receiver two or wide receiver one. I just I have moved back from, you know, my absolutely no way on Gabe Davis to, you know, actually he's he's been pretty usable um, and it hasn't been due to an injury it ha- you know, it's he's been right right alongside right alongside digs. Um, so he's just he's just being utilized more and he's scoring touchdowns. So, I mean, you can't you know, you have to you have to walk a fine line when you start blaming t- or knocking a player for touchdowns because it's like we want touchdowns, right? You know, but, you know, you have to you have to work it in there with, well, are they relying too much on touch? Yeah, he's been, yeah. That's, he's been scoring yeah, them, but he's not been, been relying the on them for his fantasy points as much this year. So I'm coming around, Gabriel.
0: It's been fun, man. And if you chose to go on this ride, I saw a lot of people actually like go for the, the discount stack of uh, Josh Allen and Gabe Davis. Those people have been rewarded heavily here. Sam, how do you feel about Gabe Davis moving forward um, after a great showing in London?
1: Great showing in London, you know, I I get what you mean in terms of, you know, maybe it's a hesitation of commitment for like, am I really going to be all in on uh, Gabe Davis? Because he was a thing for a hot minute and then he all of a sudden cooled off like faster than, you know, winter hits the East coast. Like just (laughs) all of a sudden was absolutely gone, but it looks like he's continuing to trend up in the right direction, especially in terms of target usage and just completions. He's just been much more consistent. I mean, you look at the next game coming up against the giants and that matchup doesn't scare you at all. New England looks just like a horrible shadow of itself. Yeah. Like, so am I as scared of that defense as I used to be? No, probably not. Um, and the rest of this matchup coming up kind of going forward, you have a little bit more confidence in terms of just Tampa Bay, the Bengals, Denver, no one's scared of Jets, maybe a little bit sure, but I feel like there's other weapons that are gonna get the coverages that could keep Gabe Davis open. So I mean, I think that it's a good, it's a good call. I like it, but it's, you know, I get it. You don't, it doesn't feel right to be like, yes, I feel good starting Gabe Davis every week. doesn't feel good, but does it kind of does now? I mean, especially with how many injuries there are.
2: Before this season, it just seemed like there was a stretch of two catches for 50 yards, you know, and then a spike game. Yeah. But this year it's just, it's been different. Um, I mean, I think he's top 20 right now in points per game. And I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not talking about like, Ooh, if I have him as my wide receiver too, I'm set. But you didn't draft him to be what your wide receiver exactly. If those longer, those like larger rosters with three wide receivers or multiple flexes, I mean, he's ideal for one of those spots. Now,
0: now absolutely. I'm seeing some questions in the chat, guys. We'll get to those here in our third segment uh, later on in the show, so just stick around for that. Um, Daniel saying it's it's sad about Justin Jefferson, uh, but he thinks he made out trading Alexander Madison for Jordan Addison. I remember Daniel, you were in here a couple weeks yes. ago, and, and and you mentioned that trade. I I think that'll work out nicely for you here. Um, Hooves saying thoughts on Kirk to walk to Washington for Brissett. All right. So Hoove is the the Oof. master trade maker, and I don't I don't think there will be a Washington reunion for Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I don't. I just don't think Kirk Cousins is getting traded, guys. I I don't. I really don't. I don't really Either. I I, I I know Sam. Your
1: thoughts on on Kirk getting moved? You know, it just it doesn't. It's I get the reason why. I do get where all the conversation's coming from and all all the why behind it, but I just don't see them. The Vikings haven't done a hard pivot like that. There's been so many other teams that would do something like that. And this just seems very out of character for them. I also just can't imagine Kirk Cousins going backwards to a team that he was at before. So that also just doesn't seem right. Um, I've heard some talk about him going to the Jets because obviously they're still very in need of a quarterback and someone that can be a pocket passer and utilize all the weapons they have available because the Jets have pushed their chips all in this season and they're just waiting so I can see them maybe being aggressive and trying to grab him. But I also just don't think, I just don't see it. I think like it's too soon.
0: All right, Sam, let's get to your uh, player that you are beginning a beautiful friendship with.
1: You know, I think it goes into a similar category. And I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. To me, it seems similar to the Gabe Davis one that you just had, Scott. But I feel like I'm trusting Adam Thielen, which also feels weird because I think he might be older than me, which does a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm 35 and I'm guessing that Adam Thielen is at least like 39 or 38. But that's just because it seems like he's been in the league for absolutely ever. But he's been so consistent as an option there. And I feel like it's not going to go away anytime soon. And I think when you have that, you know, rookie quarterback with a veteran presence that is so, you know, ingrained in the game, you look at the sideline tape, and he is talking to his quarterback over and over again after every play they're in each other's ear and he's Mm -hmm. just got that want to help coach him up and make him available and show him not only when he's open but when there's other options available as well so I just think that it's a really good match made in heaven for the two of them to bring to bring uh, Bryce Young up and obviously you know they're gonna be playing in nothing but garbage time so what's amazing about him is they're constantly behind has to air out the ball, lots and lots of targets to be had. So I think because of that and because of how poorly the rest of the team is playing in order to play catch-up, you can feel good starting Thielen every week because they're going to be behind consistently and he's got that opportunity.
0: I'm right there with you, Sam. And I think one of the interesting things we heard from Adam Thielen before the season started is he went on the record and said, like, I just wasn't getting usage last year. And like, a lot of people thought he was washed. I, I was not in that camp. I was someone heavily targeting went in the later portion of drafts because I, I saw just kind of a lack of usage there. And uh, so it's been good to see him get that. And, I, you know, he went to the Panthers thinking he could win still. I don't know about that, that was also another quote from, him. I think more he was chasing the bag, but still he's been great for fantasy. And I think like Scott, I think rest the way you're at least until there is an injury, if there is an injury, we're not hoping for one, but we know with a uh, Kyle saying and Kyle telling us uh, backstage, I'm feeling 33. So thirty three, uh, pretty close. Uh, but do we feel confident with Adam Thielen until there is an issue, Scott? Like set him, forget it, wide receiver two.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's must start right now. I mean, I, I don't see any. I mean, I actually I was kicking myself. This is like such a great call on this question. Um, just because he does, he fits right in with Gabe Davis, except he is legitimately at least. A wide receiver too, right now, Mm -hmm. based on how he's being used. His target share is 25 to 35% a week. He's, I think since, you know, week one was a a whole nothing burger for him, but since week one, he's like 11 targets a game, nine catches a game, hundred yards a game and basically a touchdown a game. Like that's what he's averaging. Um, And the Panthers, they throw it. The the Vikings are the only team that throws it more than the Panthers. Bryce Young, he he, he unleashes it. They're going to be behind. As long as he stays healthy. I mean, he could, he could, he could threaten top 12 which is insane to say but he's got that he's got that um he's got that outcome in his range so yeah he's been a revelation cuz i was i was like oh adam thielen and by the way he turned he turned 33 49 days ago according to okay so football. i'm still
1: a little bit older a little <laughs> bit
2: but in Fine. in football years that's like 50
1: so yeah so um, i you know I still haven't messed up my knees. I'm still good. Like you know, <laughs> I, I can't help anyone on their fantasy teams if I had to get thrown in there myself, but I have my ACLs and MCLs intact, so I can say that about myself.
2: There we go. There we go. Yeah, I mean he's the he's the clear,
0: clear wide receiver one for the Panthers. Yep. Awesome. Well I'll round us out here with Brock Purdy. He is someone who I just think, like, I liked Brock Purdy coming into this season, but he wasn't someone I was even considering who, who, that would be on the radar in a one-quarterback redraft league. The kid has thrown uh, or has had two or more total touchdowns in 10 out of his 11 regular season starts. So, like, I'm going to bet on that guy to get it done. He's surrounded by maybe the best weapons in the league. 20 straight or three straight games of 20-plus fantasy points. I, I think Brock Purdy's a weapon here down the stretch. I don't love him this week. Uh, against the Browns necessarily. We've got some bad weather up in Cleveland as well. Um, But Vikings, Bengals, Jaguars after that. So uh, very interested in Brock Purdy. I I think to me he is that, you know, we've been looking for it for a while, Scott. Who is that high-end QB2, low-end QB1 who's going to make this jump? Was it going to be Sam Howe? Was it going to be someone in that range? And it looks like it could be Brock Purdy here.
2: Yeah, easily uh, could be. And this is another one. I mean, I'm a petty... Seahawks fan at heart. So, you know, I don't root for the 49ers. And I, you know, was like, oh, I, I hope they go with Purdy instead of Lance because that's gonna be better for everybody else. Because <laughs> yeah. Purdy's just meh. He's proven me wrong. Um, I'm willing to eat crow on Brock Purdy. Uh he's currently like the QB seven and he does not run. So I mean that's impressive. He's a pocket passer for the most part, he which can is get impre- rushing
0: touchdowns though. He still gets he does get numbers. rushing yeah. touchdowns, but yeah. so did Tom Brady, yeah.
2: we wouldn't call him yeah. a runner. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: he just did a little little
0: sneak.
2: Yeah, little sneaks. But little I mean sneak. sneak. With his weapons and that the the the, the way that team is coached, um, how can you bet against him? I mean, the only the only knock on him from a fantasy standpoint in my eyes is just there's going to be potentially games where he doesn't need to throw more than one touchdown, or need to throw more. I mean, this past week he threw 24 passes. If if it was the Falcons throwing 24 passes, we'd be all over Arthur Smith. What are you doing? But the 49ers threw 24. Yeah. It's just that he he turned it into 250 yards and four touchdowns. So, I mean, he's, he's a guy for sure. I mean, I don't know what his roster ship is right now.
0: Um, I, I think in ESPN leagues, it's about 69% to so 70%. Right so, I mean, he's 80. a
2: guy like, you know, on teams where I've, where I've lost Richardson. He's, he's who I'm checking for first, just in case he's available. Cause he's, he's not a streamer. He's a guy I'm probably just starting even against Cleveland. Um, I mean, they showed what they could do against the vaunted Dallas Cowboys defense. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I was wrong about Rock
0: Purdy. All right. All right. A little, I, I like that, Scott. I always appreciate that, you know, you're willing to admit when you're wrong. And um, let's round this out with a player who helped us uh, find victory, hopefully, in week five. Uh, Scott, can you do a Rocky impression for me? You've watched a lot of movies. You got one? Uh, oh, boy. I haven't really watched Rocky. I'm not a huge fan. Um, oh, what are some of How- the
2: Kyle, can you do it? Can you, yeah. can you save my ass?
0: Yeah, Kyle, what do you got? Can, can can you get this quote? And you know the blank, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I can give it a try. Your... Let's go. Oh,
1: Yo, Adrian. We did, it. We did it. <laughs> That's solid.
2: <laughs> That's so much better than I would have done. That's yeah. a great. Thank you, Kyle. That's a very...
0: Man, Kyle, very producer and, and great at impressions. We appreciate yeah. that. Um, So this is a player who helped carry us to victory in week five and is a clear fantasy football winner. Sam, how are you feeling after week five, man? I I thought this was a fun one. We are waiting for so many returns. Jonathan Taylor, a little disappointing. Cooper Cup, though, got right back at it. And uh, we we saw some other players finally break out in what felt like a comeback week.
1: Definitely felt like a comeback week for some people. I mean, I know that you guys have some guys on your list that are, you know, come comeback players maybe we didn't expect this much out of them but my player that i have listed i didn't expect anything out of him because of jonathan taylor i did not expect zach moss to yeah. save me the way that he did like superman wow. be like i'm still here for you babe i got you like no like mm-hmm. he did not go away and that was really impressive and you kind of question after a game like that like how like how much are they going to continue to lean on moss versus leaning on Taylor, like, did they pay him and say, all right, we paid you, but we're going to keep you healthy. And therefore you are not going to be the number one right now. You, you have to make a question of that because of this game. It's one game. Mm-hmm. You're still going to roll out Jonathan Taylor next week. Am I going to maybe flex Zach Moss again? Maybe I might just do it. Just like to live crazy and see what the chaos happens. If I have no better options, I'll just go ahead and keep flexing Zach Moss and see if he can do it again until he absolutely drops off the planet. But I'm just saying... He won me a couple, so good for... hats off. To hats off
0: to you for for being ballsy enough to start him. Because
1: <laughs> I, I think it
0: was about fifteen percent start starting chip uh, over on ESPN. So hats off to you, Sam. That that took some cojones.
1: I think it just really had to do with how many options I had available. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> fair well, enough. It was it was Jonathan Taylor coming
2: back combined with the Titans have a really tough run defense. Yes, yeah, I mean, for him to go off like he did on that defense is says I mean, a lot. Zach Moss evolved. Like, I feel like I'm living in like an alternate universe this season,
0: dude. It's, you know, I mean, man, like people have been getting buried for years of, of the love for Zach Moss, and and now here he is d- doing what people thought uh, coming out of Iowa State that he could do. So, hats off to him. Uh, I'll talk about another running back, same school, Brees Hall. I mean, wow, yes. wow. If, if you took Brees Hall in the fourth or fifth rounds of, of your fantasy drafts. It finally happened, like, yeah, celebrate, enjoy it, man. And it was so fun, especially because this was the same field where just about a year ago, he tore his ACL and comes out 22 carries, 177 yards, the long touchdown adds a little bit in the receiving game as well. And like, it kind of all was leading up to this. We had a chain and mostard and, and Khalil Herbert go off after this, this defense and it was like, okay, it's only Brees Hall's time. It has to be. And then early in the week, Robert Sala says, hey, training wheels are off. No snap count. And I don't think Dalvin Cook has much left in him, guys. Like, he 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 has not shown anything. And you want to look at the running back, number one in yards per carry with RB's over 40 carries. Sorry, Devon a. chan I'm not qualifying you for this. Uh, 7.2 yards per carry, Brees Hall, guys. He's a fucking alien. And he wow. reminds me of Adrian Peterson and how he came back from the ACL. I'm I'm gonna go get my jersey out of the the, the claws. I'm pumped. I should up.
2: have worn I should have worn my Frisky Jets t-shirt. Uh, they're, not
0: as, they're not as
2: frisky as we thought they were going to be. They're frisky in a different way because Rogers is gone. Yeah, sure. but yeah, I mean, as a as a Brees Hall Truther, whatever you want to call it, like he's a guy in Dynasty. After he got hurt, I bought low wherever I possibly could, and then just waited. Um, but yeah, I mean, 22 carries dominated the rushing the the rushing market in this game. And it was almost one of those things where, you know, it's the, it happens in fantasy, it seems like, from time to time, where you've got this perfect alignment of a really, really good matchup, yep. really, really good running back, and then yeah. you're disappointed. But it didn't happen. We we got the massive game. You know, we got the massive game we've been waiting for. As far as I know, as far as I've read, he came out of it. No setbacks, nothing like that. He's still, I don't think he's still, I don't think he's like 100% pre-injury Brees Hall. Um, I heard some people talking about it, like, but he seems to have that straight line speed back. I mean, you saw that yeah. on that touchdown. Side to side, he's probably still working back a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. you know, if a guy can go 22 for 177 in a touchdown when he's still kind of working back from an injury, it's pretty good. I mean, that's
1: okay. It's pretty yeah, good. We'll take it.
0: Katie comes downstairs, and she was upstairs, and she says, "I figured you'd be screaming by now." And I said, "What are you talking about?" And then I, I guess I was on a little bit of delay. I see. I see it. I stand up. I'm wearing my jersey. I'm just. I'm freaking out. The, good, the, the day was good. Um, but yeah, Sleeper, getting a little bit ahead there. I kind of knew something was coming. Um, Scott, round us out here. Who is a player that you welcome back? And then we'll get into some, uh, some questions.
2: Well, I'll, I'll provide a little bit of It's DJ Moore. Um, <laughs> I'll provide a little bit of context, though, because uh, the, the technical title of this is uh, Player Who Helped Fantasy Managers to Victories. So I'm talking about DJ Moore with every fantasy manager except for me.
1: Aww, in, my no league, in my
2: league, I have him. I only have him in one league. And Thursday, you know, Friday morning, I'm like, all right, I got this. I ended up losing the game. Um, uh, but That happens. It happens in fantasy football. I beat yep. somebody with Jamar Chase in a different league, so it's all good. But, I go. mean, DJ Moore is finally – I think he's being used in the proper way. And it's just nice, too, because everybody a couple weeks ago – had just buried Justin Fields. It was like, we're done with him because he had a couple bad games. Um, and when, some, when Justin Fields gets buried, you know, his pass catchers and his weapons are going to get buried with him. It's been exactly the opposite since then. I mean, Justin Fields has found something because he's now, you know, I think he's been at least top three fantasy QB over the last few weeks. And I mean, DJ Moore, that was a, that was a Calvin Johnson like game. That was a, I mean, it was a Jamar chase like game three touchdowns
0: it was also almost, some you know, you know, terrible coverage by tory J- jackson was just getting absolutely burned
2: I, I i agree but i mean it'd be one thing too if that was his only good game i mean take that game out take week. oh one, he's been
0: great he's been great week one I'm, out yeah
2: this week out yep. he's still right around yep. right around 100 yards in a touchdown a game so i just i was a huge dj Moore guy when he first came in the league and i was on that frustration train with everybody. We've never seen this ceiling,
0: too. Watching him in
2: Carolina. Well, that's the thing. I mean, talent-wise, he's, you know, I think a lot of people have agreed. Talent-wise, he's always had, like, wide receiver one. One upside, yeah. Uh, He's just never, it's just never clicked. And it's, at least for right now. I don't know about next week, but he's a healthy receiver that's dominating. Um, And like I said, 99.99% of the people that started him likely won their week. (laughs)
0: Always (laughs) being the the .01, Scott.
1: What's crazy about Justin Fields, too, is like, I mean, like you said that he everyone buried him last week and they just said, we're done. We're done with you. This is almost exactly the same time last year that everyone did the exact same thing. And we said we are done with you. I know for myself, too, because I dropped Cole Komet like a bad habit last year. And I was like, why did I even bother thinking you were going to be anything? And absolutely week five, week six went absolutely up and then the rest of the season everyone's talking you know rookie of the year type comments for justin fields in terms of his performance so maybe maybe what happens when you're a bear you're just a a, when you're a player in that situation maybe you just need the city of chicago to just bear down if you will on you to feel that pressure and that you can then rise from the ashes and then come back up maybe we they need this cyclically so maybe next season it's going to be the same thing the first four weeks we're gonna be like why did we even try and then week five Ch-ch-ch-ch! comes right
2: back up hey seth hope... real quick real yeah quick just want to ask you a quick little trivia question
1: Ooh.
2: specifically this is for seth um over the last oh. two weeks if you just look at the last two weeks who is the tight end one
0: i know it's fucking Cole Comet. i know <laughs> he's like tight end three Listen, I, I we Sam
2: were just Ivan. a little early with our whole Cole Comet Club. We were like yeah. two years early. Two yeah. years
1: early on the Cole Comet Club. Yeah. it happens to the best of us.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Although my club of the Sam Laporta Club is doing really well. Sam everyone everyone drinks free. A
0: super Everybody. fun club. Yes, <laughs> that stays at, uh, up after three a.m. for sure. At the yeah, Sam La Porta club. no, the
1: club does not close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're all exhausted from partying so hard. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, let's go ahead and get some questions here and from the forum. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do. Here in between, we got advice for you. Back and forth all day, trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. All right. The Fantasy Football Advice Network, guys, it's your time to get involved with this. It is a, uh, a program that combines a lot of the great social medias we like, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and, and puts them all together in a place where you can support analysts. You can uh, just be interactive with the community. So make sure you're checking out the Fantasy Football Advice Network over there at fantasyfootballadvice.com. And uh, use the promo code IBT. You're going to get yourself 25% off. It's a really fun platform. They have a dope-ass app that just dropped here in the last couple months as well. Um, So get involved now because, like, the discussion is always going on, and if you need some great advice, it's the only place to go. Um, So let's go ahead and get some questions here in the chat. Um, Saw some ones early in the show come in. We'll go ahead and grab those. Uh, All right. Give Garrett Wilson for Fields. 14 man league and he has Richardson.
2: Hmm.
0: Wow, that's that's a that's a real tester. these not so if you're still with us, I would love to know your other wide receivers, um but in a vacuum Sam, could you make this trade?
1: Oof. I mean in a vacuum, I guess I I'm curious to know what the rest of your team looks like cuz in order to give up, you know, a top wide receiver, which where you drafted him and given everything yeah. else. I wonder what your other receiving weapons are and if you have another clear and adept like number one wide receiver maybe you don't feel so bad giving up that piece and i feel like what people tend to forget is when you look at trades you want things to be even but you also need to look at your circumstance and see how many other offers you have available on the table to get something better so if this is the best offer this person's received so far in terms of you know fields for richardson then maybe maybe it's the right move for you but i'm i'm curious to know what your receiving core looks like because i would hate to give up a piece just so that you can fulfill that void when you probably have other options available.
0: 14 man too, Scott, this is one of Scott. those like, like not a lot of options on the waiver wire uh, in general, let alone at the quarterback position. So I think it is an even trade. It, it, yeah. In I hindsight. think it's pretty even. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you know,
2: it's, and it's, I mean, it's obviously based on current circumstances. I mean, if you, if you looked at this trade at the start of the season, no, I'm keeping Garrett Wilson, hundred times out of a hundred in that case, but with, with the, with the quarterback issues in, 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 New York, it's, he's not, he's not a surefire wide receiver one every week. It's just, that's mm-hmm. just not the case as much as I want it to be. Um, so, yeah, but I, I would definitely need a little bit more context. I'd want to know. Yeah. What are the receivers are going to have to pick up the pace here and then just potentially what other quarterbacks are available. But in 14 team, I mean, you know, this could be a move where, I mean, Fields has the ceiling. You know, Fields has that ceiling. We've seen it. And so, if you can gain that advantage of that position, you know, I, you know, I think my gut, if like, if you said, Hey, you have to choose and you don't get more, any more context, I'm taking Fields.
1: There's a, there's a fun tool over on fantasylife.com called the, the trade, rate my trade tool. And I went ahead and plugged this one in and obviously, you get to see the consensus in terms of percentage win when it comes to the trade. And the winning side goes to Garrett Wilson. But the percent difference is fifty-two percent to forty-seven percent. So this is a very close trade. Yeah. Um, but again, this goes back to what are your other options? Mm-hmm. And if you have absolutely checked the market and you don't have anything better out there, then this is probably the move for you.
0: All right, love it. We have one from Say here. Should I trade Olave for Garrett Wilson and Evan Ingram with the Christian Kirk to the Jets rumors? What's with all these Jets rumors? Why would the oh, Jets my. be trading for Christian Kirk? That because uh, they're um, frisky, man, frisky Jets. Uh, I'm sorry, say, but they already have McCole Hardman that they're not using. They're not. They're not going to trade for Christian Kirk. And why would the Jaguars trade Christian Kirk when he's been an absolute monster for them?
1: Yeah, so,
0: I'm, just I'm just gonna say no. I wouldn't make this trade. I, like I, you're selling low on Olave right now, and I'm not the biggest Olave guy this season. I haven't been. Uh, you, you can attest to that, Scott. But I'm still not selling low here um for, for these guys
2: yeah i mean i don't i don't it's really tough it's really tough to to get recency bias out of my head because it has not been great for the saints lately um and I, I really like evan ingram i think he's one of the better tight ends in the league i think this is a little closer to even than maybe you do seth um and i love it love i think Ola. it's
0: close to even but i, I love he's still the best player in it. the deal <laughs> and I, I um i would
2: agree I would agree
0: unless I really have no depth on my team and I feel like I need to break it up. That's probably the only way I'm doing this. Sam, could you be talked into this and your thoughts on Christian Kirk, who's apparently m- maybe a jet sometime soon, according to the internet. <laughs> that <laughs> makes
1: no sense. With, with Kirk to the jets rumors. I feel like there's a lot of rumors this week and I'm seeing a trend and there's a lot of jets rumors. Guys, let's calm down. Like, I mean, I know that Zach Wilson had a great quarterback. Yeah. Let's let's calm down. I think we need to just take take a moment and take a breather with some of these rumors because I mean, who knows? Maybe the trade deadline is going to be absolutely in the same this year. But I also don't feel like fantasy is a situation where you need to be, you know, grabbing an umbrella going outside when it's sunny. Like, guys, like let's let's pivot when we get there. Because if you make a trade like this because you think someone else is moving, you think, you think the move is happening and it doesn't happen, then you've just given up a big piece and you shouldn't have done it. Um To me, I'm not with this trade. I feel like it's too soon for something this aggressive, and I feel like Olave for Garrett Wilson and Evan Ingram is a lot of value for Olave. I am huge on Olave. I have a lot of shares of him, and I still feel like this is an uneven trade.
0: Okay, we got one from Caleb. Should I trade Justin Jefferson and Josh Allen for Tua and Jamar? He also has Tyreek, so he would have the stack. Scott, this one's close, but I, I think I might consider this. Should I trade Justin Jefferson
2: and Allen for Tua? Well, right now, yeah. I, I, Justin I, Jefferson's on IR. I, like, I'm doing that. If it's redraft, yeah, I'm doing this in a second. Especially I if mean, is, it, it's that, a little bit yeah. of a step down from Josh Allen to Tua, but not it, – it's, it's, it's a little bit of a ceiling step down, but I, I don't think it's that much of a step down. And Jamar Chase, I mean, you saw what just happened. I mean, Seahawks, that's our next opponent, and I really wish we would have caught the Bengals in week one or two and not Yeah.
0: Now, you know? Um, so I, I would do this. Okay. Hey. Sam, should I trade James Cook and Ridley for Kyron Williams' 12-team uh, PPR?
1: Um, Oops, sorry. <laughs> you're like, no. No, I mean, I'm not really a big fan of two-for-one deals because, I mean, I don't feel like, you know, two nickels d- don't exactly equal a dime in fantasy football. It doesn't actually equate that way. Um. So, no, this... I don't know. This this doesn't feel right for me. I'm I'm good. I, I think I, I I think you're just
0: buying Kyron Williams way too high here. Like James, yeah. I don't even know if I would do James Cook straight up for Kyron Williams. Then you're throwing in Ridley no. too.
1: Yeah, that seems like you're giving up a lot for him. I feel like the person that has Kyron Williams knows how valuable he is. So he's saying, "Oh, I deserve two players," but the ones that he's picked, I don't think makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I will say I did trade Kyron Williams last week in a super flex for Joe Burrow and Damian Pierce. So I am very, very thrilled with that. Uh, Try to buy low on Burrow a little bit. Kenny Pickett was not doing it as the QB too. So uh,
1: sorry. It happens.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Should I drop Jameson Williams for Roshan Johnson rest of season redraft half PPR. If you need a running back, I'm fine with this move. I think Mm -hmm. Jameson Williams is always going to be more of a stash. Am I right guys?
2: Yeah. I think Jamison Williams, I mean, could be wrong, but I, I don't think he's going to be providing a lot of fantasy relevance right away. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the structure of your team. It depends on where you're, you know, are you, are you looking for help right now or are you in a good spot? Cause I really like Roshan Johnson. I, he has to clear his concussion protocol. He, he left that Thursday night game with concussion, but he's going to come back to a wide open running back group. I, I like him a lot better than I like Dante Foreman. So I, I mean, I think at this point with the high ankle sprain for Cleo Herbert, you know, he might come back to not having his starting job anymore with, with Roshan Johnson. Uh, Cause he, I mean this, you never want anybody to get hurt, obviously, but w- like with Roshan Johnson, this is the scenario. One of the scenarios we talked about yep. coming into the season, like he could have some standalone value because there's no true dominant stud running back on the team. And if there's an injury in front of him, that could be all he needs to take that starting gig. And I think that's what happens. So I'm, I'm definitely doing this.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think you're waiting for Williams to simmer a little bit too long rather than going for someone like, again, given the market that it is for running backs, you want to get oh, someone that has the yeah. potential to be the every down back. And I mean, I think that that's the right move. So if you don't have anyone else you're willing to give up, because um, I do agree, I feel like Williams is a decent stash, then I think they're picking up Roshan right now again given just how many injuries there are. And if you're looking and making this question, it's because you're dealing with a running back injury or issue. So I would go ahead and make that move. Okay. We got one
0: from Josh here. Goff and McLaurin for Trevor Lawrence. He has CJ Stroud as other quarterback. I am not making this move. Mm -hmm. I I think Goff and Lawrence at this point are pretty much equal playing field. Goff is super predictable. We know what he's going to do. Fire him up at home. He's a little bit more risky on the road. But he's been excellent at home. I I don't think I want to move him, even for for Lawrence, maybe straight up. I think they're still pretty close. And then adding McLaurin. Sam, I don't know about your teams. Mine do not have enough depth just to throw a wide receiver 2-3 like McLaurin in like that.
1: Yeah, that— I don't know what kind of league you're, you're playing in where you, you you can just chuck him in there. It's a haphazard thought. No, I feel like you've got too much value here just for a straight up trade like this. And I think the consistency going forward is just kind of sky's the limit for both Goff and McLaurin. So I'd rather have them right now. I can understand that you'd want to be behind the playoff like eager jags right now and want lawrence for that reason but i feel like you've got i know that jared goff is not a sexy quarterback to be starting every week doesn't feel good you want to have the lovely sunshine flowing hair of trevor lawrence um, behind your squad i get it but goff's doing it for you he's doing just fine um and he's going to keep going that way because his coach teaches his team to bite kneecaps off of their opponents so i think that you'll be just fine
0: yeah, CJ Stroud and Goff. You can you can alternate those, man. You're gonna be good. Uh last one from the chat, Puka and a Cheney for Tyreek Hill. Should I accept? It if I can get Tyreek Hill for, for for this batch, I'm absolutely doing it. Tyreek Hill, let's not forget, was a first round pick, still holding that value as the current wide receiver one. These are two guys you either got off waivers or at the end of your drafts. It's like you said earlier, Scott, a chain's not not playing right now for at least the next couple weeks. So, like, I, I don't know how you couldn't accept this.
2: No, I think this is a great this is like a perfect example of a sell high on both Puka and a chant.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, I mean, even if a Chan was healthy, I'd probably still do it for Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's arguably with with Justin Jefferson now on the shelf. I mean, he's I don't see who else is going to be the wide receiver one. I mean, it could yeah. be somebody else, but it easily could be him. Um, so yeah, I'm doing this. I'm definitely doing this.
1: I'm going back and forth on if I would do this. I mean, I think given the situation with Achan being hurt, it makes it easier to pull the trigger on this. But if this was a dynasty league, I would be hesitant just because we're looking for, I mean, when I'm building a dynasty team, I want to make sure that I've got, you know, years under my belt. You've got the youth of Puka and Achan. I feel like that's so much more valuable in dynasty. And I mean, I get the reason why you'd want Tyreek Hill. If you're also in a situation in dynasty where I'm am in one league where I'm making trades and sacrificing some long-term depth, because I feel like I can win the championship this year. Okay, then this is the move that you make and that still holds value. So it really just depends on the position of the t- you are in to win and also if you're in redraft or in your dynasty. Yeah. I think it really just depends on your weapons, but this is a very tempting trade to just pull the trigger on right away, especially given the injury. All
2: right. Yeah, I Love would it. I would t- I would totally agree. Like dynasty is a completely different story. I doubt I yeah. doubt yeah. I doubt unless I'm just like okay, I'm winning right now. Yeah. I'm I'm not shopping Puka and a Chan for Tyree Hill at this point in redraft though. I'm, this is a, this is a no
0: brainer for me. Okay. All right. Here's one from the forum to round out this segment. Um, if I trade Devonte Adams or CD lamb, what players should I target in return? And I think my general advice for this person is while I understand you're frustrated with Devonte Adams and CD lamb, I think this is a panic trade. These are still wide receiver ones and you're selling them at their lowest. Last year, uh, uh, you know, pie on my face. I, I sold Devonte Adams after that horrible stretch of games. Saw a lot of good cornerbacks coming down the stretch, and I missed out on a lot of good times. And while I still don't love Adams rest of season, he's still a wide receiver one, um, and you're selling him low. So, w- with that being said, Sam, is there anyone that you think, if you do have one of these players, you would be making a move for, whether that's going to a different position or staying at the wide receiver position?
1: My concern is if you're trying to trade these players, you're gonna not going to get the value back that you want in their return. The reason why you're wanting to move them is because they're not hitting exactly the way you want to right now. Well, the other guys and girls in your leagues are also seeing them do the same thing. So I think that they'd be buying low on these players and taking advantage of the trade in terms of who you'd actually get. So who should I target? I mean, you're going to want another wide receiver one. And I mean unless you've got others and you're looking for a leading top running back it's hard to put just in a vacuum who you could get for this. I feel like you should wait. I think there are better matchups ahead. There's better days ahead for both of them and we're just in a rut right now for week for week 5 heading into week 6. So both have better matchups coming up going forward and you know both need to perform. I mean Adams obviously yeah. is very unhappy there with the Raiders and we're not surprised they made the trade for him, and he got reunited with his best friend, and they promptly sent him away. So the Raiders need to keep him involved in order to keep Adams happy before he goes ahead and sits out because he's got the ability to do so. Uh, similar with CD Lamb, obviously the Cowboys have a lot to prove considering they came in as hot as they did and absolutely yeah. got squashed. There, There's going to be better days ahead for CD Lamb as well. So unfortunately, I feel like this is a moment where you've got to practice some patience because if you put both of these guys on the block, I don't think you're going to be getting good value for them.
2: Okay. Yeah. And I th- think both these guys are by lows right now, especially, especially CD Lamb. I mean, Adams was, Adams was a, you know, almost a game time decision this week and he played. He didn't have a great game. Other than that, he's been Devontae Adams, like almost 13 yeah. targets a game, almost a touchdown a game. Like, I don't know where this, like, Adams isn't performing other than this week, this past week. Yeah. I, I guess it was last night, wasn't it?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Other yeah. than that,
2: um, like, you know he's a guy I'm I'm not concerned about in the slightest. Cd Lamb has has been underperforming just from what we expect. But he's I think CD Lamb is a really good buy low. So I'd want to be on the other side of this trade. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Which again is not favoring the listener and viewer that's asking the question. We want to get them the best value. We don't want to be yeah, giving your true. league mates the value right now. And that's who's going to be getting it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. What about like Kenneth Walker, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, and any running backs? W- would you make a deal uh, for, for one of these receivers one almost
2: When I looked at this question, those uh, Etienne and Kenneth Walker were two yeah. that I would consider for okay. land. I okay. probably not for Adams.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with those two names. I feel like that's kind of the range and then you go to the rankings and see who's plus and minus from there in terms of who's available. Um, but again, I feel like because, at least in my leagues everyone's very stingy with their running backs so they're gonna ask for that and they're gonna ask for a little bit more you know if you give a mouse a cookie you know they're gonna want your elite tight end so it's just one of those things
0: everyone makes fun of people who draft running back heavy and then by about week five or six you want all of these like no
1: you can't have all my players like what is this
0: i got all these october friends i call them because (laughs) october they need running backs and all of a sudden i'm the most popular guy in the league so uh I love it, guys. Let's go ahead and round out the show here with a little waivers and in the scope. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. All right, in the scope. Uh, we're gonna start out by talking about some of the mainstream options. We're just gonna kind of run through the list quickly because if you're listening to the audio version of this, waivers have already run. Uh, if you're listening to it on Tuesday night here live with us on YouTube, thank you. Um, you can still probably get these guys. Uh, Matthew Stafford at the quarterback position. And I have to tell another horror story with this. <laughs> I lose Anthony Richardson in, in, in my big money home league. Um, but I go to the waiver wire and I, I attempt to get Matthew Stafford. It's four o'clock. And I, I, I click on him and then I click out to see who else is available. Then I click back in on him and the game had started at 4.05. ESPN oh, was telling me it was a 4.25 game. So I I had to settle for a Geno Smith who had been dropped on the waivers. Um, But another horror story for me for not acting quick enough.
1: Got to be faster than that.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. Uh, Let's go to the the running back position, though. Uh, But at quarterback, if you guys do need someone, Matthew Stafford's a top claim this week. Uh, At RB, Jaleel McLaughlin, we talked about him last week. He's still good this week. Uh, More of a stash, I think, at this point because we don't know. Uh, if Javante will be at full strength this week or not. Um Amari Di Mercado, I want to talk about him real quickly. Sam, any interest in, in the undrafted free agent free agent out of TCU? He stepped up against Michigan last year for TCU. He played a big part uh in what was a big loss for TCU in the national championship game. But he's a talented guy. He got a shot here. No James Conner for at least next four weeks
1: yeah I think given the opportunity and the fact that the Arizona Cardinals team the team and the players don't know that they should be tanking everything else in terms of management and leadership probably want them to and it seems like the players have absolutely no interest in buying in on that so I think because of that I don't mind going out and making an ad like this I mean what's the worst that could happen is that he doesn't pan out but at this point given again going into week six and depending on your waiver wire situation there might not be too many other options for you so So you want to just make sure that you're eager and getting into the waiver wire pool, just make yourself available so that you have the opportunity for someone to go off. Cause we're all looking for someone like Devon, a Chan that you didn't have before. You didn't plan on going into the season with and winning your league. He could be a guy. You never know lots of opportunity. And what gives you fantasy value is opportunity. And that's huge for him.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would agree. I, I I prefer the Mercado over McLaughlin. By quite a bit, to be honest, um, if you need help right away, because, um, you know, Javante Williams is likely coming back. He put in a full practice this week um, and they have Samaj P. Ryan. So, I mean, his competition, even though he, you know, he he had a good game, scored a touchdown, he did out snap and kind of outperform P. Ryan. But he's just he's I'm more worried about him getting more more work than I am with Di Mercado, who has to deal with Keontae Ingram, who's coming back from a neck injury. Don't mm-hmm. know. We really don't know if he's any good. They did sign Tony Jones Jr., um, but I just, you know, in the, for the next four weeks, I think Mercado, De Mercado is going to have, you know, he, and just this last week, do, you know, Jaleel McLaughlin had like a 33% snap share. DeMarcado had like a 77% snap share. So I just think if you're looking for somebody to help you right away, it's demarcado over McLaughlin by, by a
1: lot for me. Again, like you said, just give an opportunity in terms Mm -hmm. of requisite touches. I think it's gotta go you gotta go there. I mean, I'm am I someone that's also gonna be putting similar bids in? Like I I don't know about you guys, but I like to throw in waiver wear claims all over the place and oh, yeah, see, where yeah, the, yeah. see where the fab falls. So if you're putting yeah. in claims for a couple of these guys, I think that that's the right move. Um, and whoever I get, I'm going to be excited to get. I think that Roshan Johnson, again, um, is another yeah. running back that I'm looking oh, forward yeah. to getting. You know, you're waiting for him to clear the concussion protocol. But as soon as that's cleared, you feel great about starting him. Um, you just need to cast a wide net for all these running backs.
0: 100% with you guys. Uh, Tajay Spears, another name we've kind of been screening from the mountaintops for a couple months now. Justice Hill, Chuba Hubbard, Kendra Miller had a little bit of a pop. Kendra Miller had a good showing this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Donta da- Foreman, I-, I think we know what the Bears think about him. He hasn't been active all year, but if He's you been need a, a healthy
1: p- scratch, like so yeah, if they're not, not that excited to just even give him, give him some face time, I don't think that you should be excited to have him on your team.
0: It would be a one-week rental if Roshan doesn't go probably. Yeah. you know then you can maybe get some usage if you want to play the game of the patriots which i don't really think i want to do i don't even know why i'm listed anymore but zeke elliot he's getting as as many opportunities as Ramondre right now but well, nothing to do with that backfield okay. unfortunately i love Ramondre, but
1: yeah i'm walking away from them goodbye
0: at least some interesting names at wide receivers we could possibly offer you josh palmer josh downs uh are you joshing me here kj osborne as well um any interested in either of those guys uh how are we feeling about it here also josh reynolds so uh, josh any three times scott lots of josh
1: lots of josh's lots of shares of josh i mean i think of these i'm personally most excited about kj osborne given his opportunity and the um how many targets he's already been seeing consistently so you know with um justin jefferson out you've obviously got all those targets to go around um so i think for me i like that one the most and then I would probably go Josh Downs and then, you know, it, which is a close tie for me with Palmer yeah. and then yeah. Reynolds after that. Yeah. Uh,
0: Scott, you, you pointed out Josh Downs earlier in the season, had a huge target share when Minshew was at quarterback just a couple weeks ago, 12 targets.
2: I mean, he's just, he's been going toe to toe with, with uh, Pittman just as far as the looks he's getting um, and the usage. I mean, they're both, they're both, they're both right up, you know, they're both getting starter starter level targets um, and Josh Downs has been doing his, he's been, he, you know, he hasn't had a huge splash fantasy game yet. He's been, he's been good in PPR formats, but I think his, I mean, his arrows pointed up, you know, I mean, anytime a rookie wide receiver comes in and plays that much right away um, and is actually effective, you know, um, it's pointing up, I mean, touchdowns will come eventually, but yeah, I, at, at only a 10.9% roster ship. I mean, I've, I'm a little biased cause I already have him everywhere you know dynasty dynasty redraft like i have him on sfb um so i i I really liked him coming into the season and i liked his situation because i didn't really i didn't really buy alec pierce Um, yeah i'm I'm guilty i'm guilty uh, for that for sure he's another he's another wind sprinter he's another (laughs) yeah Um, so so yeah i like josh jams but yeah it's it's interesting because kj osborne has kind of been that in his career too he's he's you know Seen the field a runs lot, a shit ton of routes every single week. But, but the with, this, in. with this injury, you know, I mean, I, I love Jordan Addison, but he's a, he's a rookie. I mean, next man up as far as veteran goes is KJ Osborne. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens for him. Um, Cause they, like I said, they throw the ball more than anybody in the league.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, tight ends quickly. Logan Thomas, we touched on him last week. Hopefully you grabbed him before waivers ran or after waivers ran last week before the Thursday night football game. Uh he's still interested in getting a just a, a very high target share in Washington. They love to favor the tight end. Eric enemy up to his old tricks, I said uh, last week. John who smith, uh, tight end Atlanta Falcons. It's the cruel gross. the
2: cruel the cruel nightmare is over. Pitts finally outplayed him. It did. It oh did, but jo- but John who's still rightfully <laughs> yeah. in his own got still I think there. targets. Yep. Dude, they throw to the tight end like twice as much as anybody else. It's crazy. Yeah, that, so, he's, yeah. he's he's and he's he's free. So he's a, he's a pretty good, he's a pretty good pickup if you're stuck.
0: Yeah. Target right there. Uh, We're going to round it out tonight, guys, uh, within the scope, any deep, deep league targets, any, any targets we haven't touched on who you can grab after waivers run. Uh, Scott, I'll throw it to you first here.
2: All right. So mine, it's, you know, it's not super appealing because he plays for the New York, the New York football giants who don't look very good right now, but it's Wondell Ross but small sample size but since he came back he has been you know he's been the most targeted he's run the most routes uh, on the other uh, of the wide receivers you know Darren Waller out targeted him in week 5 but i just i think you know his arrows pointing up again it's deep league he's what is he uh 6, 6% rostered right now so um but i just think i think if if there's going to be a receiver that kind of takes the takes the mic takes the baton in that in that group i think it's going to be one
0: yeah, I love it. We mentioned him last week in this segment and he still did not get added at all. So oh, did we? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, hey, all good. All good. Eric mentioned him. Um, but apparently Eric's word was not good enough. Well, and... a
2: couple of weeks ago I was gonna do Jonathan Mingo, and you were like, nope, Eric already took yeah. Jonathan Mingo.
0: <laughs> yep. The, the brains, the brains are together here at IBT. Sam, anyone we haven't mentioned that you think we should be paying attention to potentially even after the waivers clear here in week six?
1: Sure. I mean, I think I think he's rostered a decent amount, but Rasheed Rice, I think, is someone that needs to yep. be paid attention to, just Great in terms call. of pass catchers for the Chiefs. He's leading in red zone targets, which is insane because you'd assume that would go to Travis Crazy. Kelsey. But mm-hmm. you know, Kelsey's been a little, little bit dinged up, um, used in other ways, and apparently, Mahomes loves him. Some Rasheed Rice, I think that Mahomes is really having that hurt and missing the Tyreek Hill. You know, it's been it's been over a year but he's looking for his number one guy. And I feel like that could be rice going forward rest of season. So he obviously had a touchdown this last game. His last touchdown before that was week one, but I do think that he's trending the right direction, especially given the matchups he has coming up. He has Denver, the Chargers, yep. Denver again. And then the Dolphins, who love to have the most high-scoring games possible, yes. which I can imagine that being the case for this one. And then they have a bye. So I think you love this four-week stretch coming up for him. So I think that he's a good flex favorite for me, especially in deep leagues.
0: I love it, man. I I feel like this is another name we've kind of been screaming this year, with Rashi Rice. And I have him stashed on a, lo- on a lot of rosters. And we want to see, like, before we put him in our lineup, we need to see more routes ran. That's what we haven't seen yet from him. I think it was something absurd like 12 or 15 here uh, in week number five, but the production is still there. He, he's still like a, a desperation. If you need to throw a flex play in there, he, he's a desperation play. And so, and it's just going to get better and better for him down the stretch. So well, I I like mean, that.
2: That, that red zone stat that Sam pointed out, that should not be ignored. Like if Patrick Mahomes is, is looking at looking your way in the red zone, especially if he's running limited routes, but he's in packages near the red zone. Yeah, that's a that's a flex worthy play.
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah. That's like the high value of the high value targets right there for sure. Um, I'll round us out with Kate Auden. Again, it's not a sexy play, guys. I get it. Um, but call it recency bias, call it believing in the hype of, of Baker Mayfield. But I really do. I, I I think Baker Mayfield's actually gonna have a pretty good season, and it's gonna be gonna last here. Top seven in completion percentage, top eight in TD percentage top A and QB rating, like those are kind of sticky stats, I feel like, other than the TD percentage, that could come down. But I think the completion rate and the QB rating are are, are here to stay. And Cade Auden right now, the the target share is not there, Scott. We always want to see like a 19 20% target share for a tight end to be valuable. Um, But we don't know Mike Evans' status here right now. And he's number one uh, among tight ends in route participation. So it's another guy. He's putting in the the, the good work. The legs are sore at the end of the day. But he's been efficient with every target. He gets number five in quarterback rating per target. So when Baker targets Kate Auden, good things happen here. Number nine fancy points per target among the tight ends as well. Uh, Any interest in in the possible third option in Tampa Bay or even second option if Mike Evans doesn't go this week?
2: It's a, it's a good deep. It's a it's a good deep cut. I mean, you know, he's
0: it's deep. It's deep as hell for sure. It's, it's
2: a pretty deep one, but I mean, the Buc- the Buccaneers, especially Mayfield, have been another pleasant surprise this year. Another another kind of based on rep. I mean, based on poor play, but a lot of it based yeah. on reputation as well. Um, you know, and he's he's got more fantasy points per game than Trevor Lawrence right now. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if that is good for Mayfield or bad for Lawrence, probably a little of both. both. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, with the tight end landscape, I mean, I'm not probably picking up hot and starting him right away, but like, he's definitely a potential guy that we could be talking about seeing more usage and being more valuable in a couple of weeks. Like, like Logan Thomas. I feel like, yeah, um, I feel
0: like we said the same thing. We go about Thomas too.
2: Oh, and Logan, Logan Thomas has such a good matchup this week. Oh, the Falcons. I love it. Um, <laughs> love yeah, no, I like this call. Plus he's a, I'm, He's a UW alumni, so I'm always always into that.
0: Sam, can we talk you into any Kate Auden? Third best matchup for tight ends this week, Detroit. And then next week, who Scott was just talking about, Atlanta, second best. It's juicy.
1: I mean, I think it really depends on my roster construction if I feel like I've got enough bench depth for something this deep. But but yeah, I think it really all just depends because I mean, maybe I'm starting, you know, maybe I've been starting Darren Waller so long that I'm so burnt out that I'm just like, okay, give me any other tight end because there's literally no one else. And if it's like a 16 team league, sure. Um, But I think it really just depends on my roster construction if I'm going to make this deep of a cut. But with both of your votes of confidence, I will take a little bit of a longer look at him.
0: Hell yeah. I'm firing him up in Scott Fish Bowl this week. I kind of have to. Do what you uh, got to do. Yeah. Do do, desperate time calls for desperate measures. Um, I'm well, guys, playing we... Downs
2: this week in Scott Fish. Let's go.
0: <laughs> okay. There we go. There we go. We appreciate the IBT family hanging out with us tonight. Sam, we appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Tell us how we can best support you, not just throughout the rest of this fantasy football season, but moving forward as well.
1: Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate you guys having me on. It was so much fun. Love getting to answer some, you know, uh, questions too from the chat. So appreciate everyone tuning in. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Samantha R. Holt and on Instagram at Sam underscore awesome. And you can check out all the work that's being done over at fantasylife.com. If you haven't already signed up for the newsletter it comes out every day with amazing little tidbits of info to help you start and get your win every single week. And we're releasing tools. What feels like every single week that help you set those lineups. We've got the amazing start sit tool, the trade Raider one that I mentioned earlier, waiver wire hub so much to check out. So make sure you do so. Oh, and also tune in for our fantasy life podcast that comes out every nice. day this week. I go ahead and I record on Thursdays and our episode drops on Fridays. It's the matchups show with myself, Chris Allen and cooter doodle. It is a lot of fun. Oh, That's a-, a banger of a cast. It's yeah, a fun it's cast. We have guests every week as well. So make sure you guys tune in.
0: Awesome. Yes. Scott, I know you put me on a couple of those, uh, those Fantasy life tools this off season. Uh, I just, we're... I
2: can't honestly, I mean, whether Sam was here repping fantasy life or not, the amount of free, free, like valuable data that you can just go yeah. get at fantasy life, just
0: like that. It's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Hell Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, make sure that you check that out. Make sure you check out Sam as well. Thank you all so much for uh, kicking it with us on this awesome Tuesday. It was a blast. Uh, And we'll see you guys here on Friday with Eric and I for our Start Sit Show. Until then, you know what to do. Keep it in between.